Good morning, Borida. It's lovely to have you with us in the parish of Castlechur and Gorsainen. Today, once again, we're filming in St Michael's Church in Lacha, and it's really good that you can join us. As we begin our service today, let me pray the special prayer of the Church, the Collect, over us. Almighty Father, you gave your only Son, Jesus, to die for our sins and to rise again for our justification. Grant that we may put away the old leaven of malice and wickedness and that we might always serve you in pureness of living and in truth. Through the merits of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I hope you enjoy as we worship together. The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verses 10 to 31, and chapter 15, verses 20 and 21. 
As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward. But you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the Israelites may go into the sea on dry ground. Then I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And so I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots and his chariot drivers. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gained glory for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his chariot drivers. The angel of the Lord, who was going before the Israelite army, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. And it came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. And so the cloud was there with the darkness, and it lit up the night. One did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land. And the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots and chariot drivers. At the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn, the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, 
the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Then the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand. And all the women went out after her with tambourines and with dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The reading today is taken from John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And so the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and I put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I'm not going to believe. A week later, the disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand, put it in my side. But don't doubt, believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord, and my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet they come to believe. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
God, help us to listen to your word with understanding, to receive it with faith, and to obey it with courage. For Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. The Israelites, and Moses too, are really up against it. They finally escape from Egypt after increasing conflict. But the last plague, the death of the firstborn of humans as well as of animals, has made Pharaoh let them go. And they've gone. But not for the first time, Pharaoh changes his mind and turns out the army to chase them across the desert. Now they are between their pursuers and the Red Sea, cut off and complaining bitterly to Moses. What follows is quite amazing. After a night of standoff with the cloud between them, Moses' prayer and a stiff wind dries up the sea, and the Israelites hurry through. The Egyptians follow, intent on revenge, but the chariots get bogged down, and when the waters return, the Egyptians are gone, just as Moses had said. Not for the first time, and sadly not for the last, God's people have the chance to learn to trust his power and his leader. It's a great story. It's got lots of good things in it. But I wonder if hearing that story this Sunday after Easter, you can see the parallels with the crucifixion. Look at it for a moment. Jesus knew increasing conflict with the authorities and he exercised a leadership that is often doubted and sometimes rebelled against and I don't only mean by Judas. As he comes to his death it looks as if the situation was impossible. Surely his enemies have won. Surely the scribes and Pharisees are congratulating themselves and in the temple courts there's a general satisfaction with perhaps a little hypocrisy about if only he'd been a little bit more reasonable. Wouldn't it have been better if he'd backed off? If he'd avoided giving such offence? If he'd stuck to teaching quietly those who'd wanted to hear preferably some distance away from Jerusalem. If only we'd stayed in Egypt, said the slaves. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel, said the disciple walking to Emmaus. It takes a powerful act of God to show the way and to justify what has gone before. The resurrection, like the crossing of the Red Sea, vindicates Jesus and overcomes objections, as Thomas found out. That's important. And 
you might want to pause and think whether you fit into that complaining, rebellious crowd who are nearly ready to lynch Moses and go back into slavery. If only we'd stayed in Egypt, we wouldn't be in this mess. Isn't there a bit of us that is there rather often? Don't we have to think rather carefully about whether we want to be different and just how different we want to be? We have to focus to see what God has done and what a difference that makes. But there is more to it than that as well. I said that God's people would have to learn repeatedly to trust his leadership and power. And we see that as the story of Exodus goes on. And we see it too in the New Testament as the disciples who are stunned and delighted by the resurrection learn, stage by stage, what it means to be church. In Exodus, the next big step will be the covenant. We think of the Ten Commandments, although there's a good deal more to it than that, about worship, about living, and so on. The covenant which Moses will bring at Mount Sinai. For the Christians, the Last Supper has already brought a new covenant, no longer based on race or culture. Jewish and non-Jewish Christians are going to have quite a big struggle with that through the pages of the New Testament. There'll be some bitter arguments and some stand-up fights. And in the 21st century, we know to our cost that racism has not gone and that we do not easily welcome people who are not like us whether that's the reaction at the church door or at the immigration barrier. In fact, that summarises the Easter message. On the one hand, there is great emphasis on Jesus' resurrection. We are told multiple stories of meetings with the risen Lord just because it is so crucially important. Yes, crucially, involving the cross. Because the way of the cross takes a lot of explaining. And we have to face up to God's choice of strategy time and time again to convince ourselves that it really was God's choice of strategy. To come to terms with the fact that that is the way to go, and not another. But alongside that message of the resurrection, which we'll hear in Gospel readings over the next six or seven weeks as we go back to the Revised Common Lectionary, you may remember that we had a Lenten series on the I Am sayings and learnt an awful lot about what Jesus' significance was well, now we go back to learning what it means to be disciples. So yes, the Easter message 
resurrection and on the other hand just as a rabble of slaves had to learn to be God's people what it meant to worship to live obediently to work together and organize not as slaves with somebody to beat them into the next job they found it hard and so do we what does it mean to love when that means love like Jesus what does it mean to welcome the work of the Holy Spirit in and among us individually and as a group what will it look like to find God's kingdom and our discipleship and to find that as the most important thing of all the greatest possible ambition we don't know yet because we haven't really given it a fair trial we're still very human with mixed motives and yes a few hidden doubts each time God does something remarkable we're full of thanks and then only too quickly we forget and we get sucked back into normality which isn't normal at all we have a lot to learn from that rabble of former slaves because we haven't quite accepted that Christians that we are just that former slaves
Let us pray. Jesus, though crucified, is raised from the dead and now draws alongside us as we offer our prayers to God for the world, for the church, and for those for whom he died on the cross. We pray today for the church, for all who are disciples of Jesus, that they'll be given grace and strength, all that they need to walk in the way of the cross, speaking words of love and truth in place of hatred and lies. We pray especially for the church in the Diocese of Swansea and Brecon, praying for John, our Archbishop and Bishop, for the clergy and people of the Tuchur Ministry area, and for our own faith communities that meet in St Michael's, in St David's and in St Catherine's. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for God's world, that the dying Jesus on the cross came to save. We pray that the life and resurrection of Jesus might draw all people to himself and that it might be a source of eternal reconciliation and salvation for all. Today, as we pray for the world, we pray for world leaders everywhere, particularly for those vested with the responsibility of negotiating our way through COVID. Give them wisdom, give them insight and courage. We continue to pray for all health workers and for all key workers working on the front line. Lord, give them courage, keep them safe, and wrap your arms of love around them. We continue to pray too for school teachers and all working with young people, and especially for schools and colleges in our own parish. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the community in which we live and work and worship, that bonds of love may exist between friends and families, that divisions would be healed and broken relationships strengthened wherever they're weak. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who on this day experience darkness, suffering or pain, in body or in mind or spirit. May Jesus be a source of comfort and strength for them. And may his victory over death and his resurrection bring them new hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, at the foot of the cross on which Jesus died, today we offer you our prayers in hope, trusting your promise to hear us when we pray and trusting too in Jesus' power over death. Let your grace, your mercy and your love, let your peace surround us and all for whom we pray in the name of Jesus. Hear our prayer in his name as we say together the words that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Well, as our service draws to a close, can I thank you once again for joining us. It's been so good to have your company today. As the week goes on, if there's absolutely anything that we can do, please remember that you can be in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Whatever it is, spiritual or practical, we're always here for you. 
And if you'd enjoy a chat and you'd like to turn your isolation into connection, remember that we can arrange an opportunity for you to connect with others too. Get in touch with Rob Samuel, one of our wardens, who's coordinating a team of callers. I know that he'd love to hear from you. As we begin a new week together, celebrating that we are Easter people, resurrection people, let me pray for God's blessing on us. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Bendith diw holl y lliog, y tad y mab ar y sbryd glan, a fo'n eich plith ac adrigo gyda chi'n wastad. Amen. Let us go forth in peace, in the name of Christ. Amen.